Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers. I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother away Will the circle be unbroken Congratulations friends if you are hearing this today drum roll please it means that you are alive Dead people can't listen to our show. I've heard dead people can vote. Sorry, that was a whole other subject. Uh, yeah. But, but de- you, if you're alive, guess what, man? Uh, you're listening to this. It means you've got a pulse. It means you're here. And sometimes I just think we need to just get, you know, shook. P- people need to just grab us and say, hey, guess what? You are breathing. You have a purpose. Um, God doesn't do accidents. And so that's what I want people to know. Wherever you're finding us today, no matter what you're feeling in your life, you could be looking around. Saying it's a terrible day, you could be thinking, I don't know what happens next. I've got anxiety, which is real. Um, I've got maybe a depression or an uncertainty, and guess what? That means that you're human. That means that you still have some type of radar to say something may or may not be right. And I just want to encourage everybody like, you woke up today and you woke up with a purpose. And what you try to do is you try to either live in that purpose or find that purpose until your head hits the pillow again. I'm your host, Taft Dares, joined in by my man, Open Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, <laughs> I love it. We, Back in the saddle. It's been a minute for us. Yes. You've been, uh, you've been rolling. Yeah, I, I took uh, took some time off to go see my mom in Oklahoma, and then uh, in between visits with her, went on vacation up into Colorado and got to drive around the mountains a little bit and kind of just relax and kind of get away from from the world here for a, for a little while, but right. uh, you know, enjoyed my time off, and uh, I am ready to get back, kind of recharged a little bit, and getting ready to roll. I was going to ask you that question because as I've grown up and I'm attempting to mature every day, as I've done that, I've noticed that when we've gone on vacations before, there are two different types of people that I've encountered. There are people that will say to me. It's been a it's been a good trip. I was texting a guy yesterday and I said, "Was it a good time?" And he said, "It was good. It was relaxing, but it wasn't long enough." And I said, "Okay, okay." I said, "I I feel you because I have always had a hard time relating to the guy that we're sitting on the beach and he says to me, "It's been good, but I'm just ready to get back at it." I'm always like, I'm not, I'm not like you, you know, no, I love, I love being passionate about your work and, and be, I think it probably too depends on the type of trip. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a lot of it. Yeah. I will say yeah. this. I, I really enjoyed being uh, quote unquote master of my time. Right. Uh, and I could go where I wanted to go when I wanted to go, as long sure. as I had the money to do it, you know, we're ready to roll. <laughs> uh, didn't have to be up at a certain time to be there to do it. And, and especially up in uh, where we were in Colorado, you know, it was driving, you know, you right. drove where, so, uh, that was nice, but I also found myself getting, um, kind of caught up in the lack of of routine or a lack of, uh, of a clock to keep me right on track with some stuff. And all of a sudden I found myself going, you know, longer times or, you know, 
getting stuck in, <laughs> literally getting stuck in things that you know were you know. And all of a sudden, I'd, I'd wake up or I'd look around. It's it's twelve midnight, one a.m. and I'm, what am I doing here? Yeah, you know? yeah. What's this rhythm? You know, and, and uh, but it was it was enjoyable to have that change of scenery, that change of, but it was also very comforting in a sense to get back to uh, routine. You know, it's okay. You know, I, I've got to be here at this time. We got this show coming. We got this doing. Okay, yeah. Now I, I'm kind of back in my flow again, and let's 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 move on. I respect that. All right, because for us it's seasonal, and so yeah. at my house it's it's tough because my wife uh, she works locally on Mondays and Fridays, and so on those days she's up and at them. Well, in between those days, it's just a different rhythm. For our family, and, and with it being four kids in summertime, that's different. <laughs> There's a rhythm. Yeah, it's, it's called. It's a chaotic rhythm. Is that is that a thing? Is that is that yeah. a thing, or would those just be two complete? organized chaos? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so we know what's coming. Like we like the teachers have their ticker where they find oh, yeah. summer slipping through their hands, like a, you yeah. know, sand through the hourglass. Uh, so for us, it's one of those things of I know we're fixing to be back on a really tight schedule when it comes back around. And so I, I look at that sometimes and think, okay, going off and, and having a vacation or, or, or having a different, you know, atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, scenery, change of, change of pace and scenery is good. But then you do find yourself hungering for something that is productive, something that does have a rhythm that you know. Yeah. And, and my wife, you know, I, towards the end of our, our week out there yeah. and, and stuff, we were kind of, you know, we, we kind of looked back at our list. Okay. We wanted to do this. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did. Hey, you know, really not a whole lot left on our checkoff list to, to do. And, um, you know, so what do we do now? You know, okay, we get back in the car. Well, we, we, we both kind of look at each other. We've been driving a lot. Mm. We, we can, you you know, my wife finally said something about, I'll do anything as long as it doesn't mean staying in the car for three hours. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change it. Let's change this a little bit here. Sure. Uh, of course, out there in, in Colorado where we were, you, you know, if you're if you're within two hours, you're close. Right. And so <laughs> so to get, to get anywhere to see anything, you know, you did commit some driving time and, and stuff like that. So. Oh, but uh, but again, it was a relaxing time. Uh, it was uh, beautiful out there. You know, if you've, if you've never been to the Rockies, you know, I'd, I've seen all kinds of pictures of it. But to actually be there and to see those mountains is, is just uh, uh, an awe inspiring. You know, deal. I could I could. It's kind of like staring at a fire. I could stare at mountains for yeah. a long time. Well, it's it's funny. There are two things. Number one. Um, you said it's like staring at a fire, and then that actually leads into something we're going to talk about today as, as far as fire starting mm-hmm. is what we're going to talk about. Uh, but then also I saw somebody post recently about they said if you've never – there's a girl who just taken a quick trip, and she goes, if you've never been to Branson before, she said you need to go. It's like a little Colorado. And somebody wrote on there and put – Capital letters, not even close. No, no. I've been to Branson. Now I've been to Colorado. No, maybe, no. Maybe it'll help contextually to say this girl was from the Delta, Mississippi. Okay. And so for her, it was like a little Colorado. No, it, it, was, but, it was kind of funny, you know, coming back from the Rocky Mountains. And then, yeah. you know, we, we drove and, and had to make a couple of ex- excursions into the Ozarks and stuff like right. that. And it was kind of like, you know, the Ozarks used to be pretty impressive to me. And I'm like, okay, now these are hills. Right. You know, right. You know, They've they've got their beauty, believe me. The Ozark Mountains are a beautiful, beautiful place. 
but it's a different beauty. And I knew, I knew atmosphere. I'd get a reaction out of you <laughs> by saying that. And I read it and I went, you know what? I'm not going to judge her yeah. geographical assessment. But then I did. I, did I will. <laughs> you can. I remembered where she was from. And I went, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like yeah. I, uh, we, we had a kid from the Boot Hill, Missouri one time come to Fred Hardman, our college, for Horizons, the camp. Mm-hmm. And they were standing. There's a dorm over there called Paul Gray. And, it, and it's on a hill. Henderson Church of Christ is right there. And I remember I brought this kid. I was preaching at his church, and I brought him over there to come to a week of camp around Christians. I knew he was just mm-hmm. going to be enthralled with it. He plays basketball. He gets to play a lot of basketball. Mm-hmm. He gets to meet a lot of Christian people. But the one thing that really rocked him to his core was we came out one morning to go to breakfast. And so I said, I'll meet you at the front of Paul Gray Hall. And I meet him out there. It's raining. I said, come on, come on. And I couldn't move him. And I said, Matthew, what? And he goes, I've never seen this before. And he was standing at the bottom of Paul Gray Hall where the parking lot is, and water was rolling downhill. <laughs> he said, I've never <laughs> seen that before. Because he's from the Boot Hill, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what is this? This is, this is a streaming waterfall. Yeah. I've, just, I've just gone through puddles my whole life. Yeah, just, perspective <laughs> does change. Right. I, I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, all over the state. And of course, Oklahoma is quite well known for the wind yeah. and, and stuff. And... Um, my wife is from here, Middle Tennessee, and we met in between at Harding. And uh, I took her home to meet the folks before we got married. And we got into central Oklahoma, and she just keeps looking around. And, like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, she's coming out of Middle Tennessee, sure. the hill country, sure. and all that stuff. And I said, what's, you know, she said, this is weird. And I said, what? She goes, uh, your trees. So I said, they're all bent. <laughs> I said, what? She goes, they're all bent, and they're all pointing the same direction. And I had never noticed it. Right. Yeah, no. It's, it's, and, and so, I, you know, it was kind of like, what? And she goes, look. And, the, and, and, you know, you could tell that the, the old scrub oaks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right. With all the wind, you know, they would start leaning towards with the wind. And, and I thought, you know, first time I'd really ever. Perspective. Now, I had noticed, you know, uh, I, I've told this story a couple of times where, you know, i Growing up, I'd read about Abraham Lincoln, and he was my hero. He was just absolutely my hero for one particular story that I read, that he had cut down the trees and he built his own log cabin. Well, then I went out into my yard in Oklahoma, and I see these, number one, these scrub oaks, the the post oaks. They're they're also called iron oaks Mm -hmm. because they'll wear out a a chainsaw. Right, yeah. One, you know, you cut one tree, you're changing your, you know. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, and but the tree, the, the old post oaks, they don't have anything over four foot long that's straight. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's bent and right, gnarled right. and twisted and all that stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, this guy cut down enough trees to make a house out of this stuff with an axe? That's a man. Right. That is a man, you know. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, boy, so he was my hero. Well, I come out, you know, same trip to go meet her folks, and we're getting – just a little bit past Jackson, and I'll start, and I start, I start seeing these big, tall, straight pine trees. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, this is making more sense now. Right, you know, right. and my wife said, what are you talking about? I said, Abraham Lincoln, it makes more sense now. And he goes, what in the world? And I told her a little bit, and I said, when I heard he built his own log cabin, I said, I just couldn't picture it because all the trees being bent. And uh, I said, now that I see these tall, straight pine trees, I was like, 
<laughs> now it's making sense. Abraham, you know. <laughs> that is too good. That, that but, is too good. But, uh, but you know, it was just the changes for you. Know, she'd never seen a bent tree, and I've never seen a straight tree. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I, dude, I love how that works. That, you're like, hey, let me show you something. Let me show you yeah, something. So. The, uh, well, let, let's jump into it, Coach, because we're talking about – you mentioned earlier, you know, some people stare at a fire. I want people to picture that for a minute. I want people to picture as they're sitting around looking at a fire. Um, for me, as a speaker, I've been around a lot of different cultures and atmospheres, and one of my least favorite things to do. If you're listening right now, and as many people know, um, we have an open invitation where if you need somebody for your church, for your business, for your school, for your team, you can contact me, Taft, at Kennedy Broadcasting. And what will happen is we'll come and speak to your group. Please, please try to not bring me to speak around a bonfire. The reason that I'm saying that is you're, you're just kind of there. A bonfire is so pe- people can get fixed on it, right? Like I love singing around a bonfire. If you're a church group, sing around a bonfire. That's cool. But to speak around a bonfire has driven me crazy. And it's probably a little confession for myself. I'd much rather stare at the bonfire too. And so I've done that over this. But conceptually, uh, I got lost there. But conceptually, looking at a bonfire is fun. Like it, it's fun to do. Sitting around a fire with my wife is great. Um, I recently discovered something. This is a free plug for them. It's called City Bonfires. And city bonfires, they developed them during COVID. Uh, these two fellas mm-hmm. developed these things. And they they look like a tin. It looks like a tin of like a, a candle you'd get at Crackle Barrel. But you open it up, and it has three different compartments that you light. And it's an instant bonfire. And it's an instant bonfire you can roast, you can do things with it, and then you can cover it back up, and it'll burn for up to like five hours. And so it's, it's really cool. Mm. People, but it, this is an analogy that I've always used, saying if you're going camping, right, and you're going camping – I've always told people this, and City Bonfire has almost destroyed it, but not quite. Um, I've always told people that no matter how big your backpack is, you can't carry a bonfire with you when you go on a camping trip. What do you carry? You carry a match. And, and the match or something to light is sufficient. And I've, I've always told people that, to use this illustration, that sometimes we want to get something big like culture change. I mean, you were talking about that earlier. Um, you want to get something big like let, let's go make a difference and let's shift, let's shift it right now. And we want, we want to really impact and change. And I've always preached this and taught this at different businesses especially to say this. If I know that I want to have a bonfire down the road, a match is sufficient to make sure that I've carried a dry match that that I can use, a lighting device. Then the other part of it that we've got to remember is that conversations are like that. Conversations can be the match that will eventually lead to culture change. Now, some people say this, oh, I can get all talked out and I want to see some action. But everything starts with, hey, go, go have a conversation. Go have a healthy conversation about something. And sometimes what we've got to do is we've got to look and say this. If I want to start something, if I want to impact something, if I want something to be different, it's got to start with a conversation. Here's what I mean by that. Look at, look at the greatest relationships the romantic relationships where somebody has just gone through the fire, they've made it, they love each other no matter what. It, they, that never happens if at one point somebody didn't say hello. Somebody didn't have a comment or, or, or something that you said to somebody. A conversation had to get started. There was a group that, that really took off when I was in college, and it was about 
modern day evangelism. Okay. And modern day evangelism, and you may know about it, coach, it was called Let's Start Talking. And it was a group that came out, and here's what they just said. They said, we've got to teach people, and this is for believers, we've got to teach people how to have conversations with people that aren't believers, because sometimes what happens is we just jump right in. Like we, we just jump right in expecting somebody to convert, and here's what happens. There was never a conversation. You were never able to talk to somebody initially. I just got a text from a guy. He's a minister in town, and I had, they, they're having a big VBS tonight, and I said, hey, man, if you guys need anything, Anything at all. Uh, let me know. I can be your courier today. It was kind of a guilt that yeah. I didn't sign up for anything. Uh, and they said, hey, go get us a uh, – we've got a Jersey Mike's order later for the people that are out starting conversations. And I texted him back, and I said, starting conversations? And he said, yeah, people used to call it door knocking. And he goes, but we're taking a different approach. Hey, I'm from so-and-so, and I, I know so- – and, and he said, I told them to wear their different schools – to where they're different things so that they could start conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you go to Central? Well, my grandson goes, oh, well, hey, okay, good, good, good. What are you here for? I'm here from the such-and-such church. And we went, like, the conversation starters as opposed to when I was in Bahamas one time, and you and I have shared this mm-hmm. before, uh, on a trip, I had a fellow that was with me, and we went to knock on a door to tell somebody about a preaching opportunity that was going to be at the church that night. And when we did, we knocked on the door, and somebody said, hey, blah, blah, blah. And within 30 seconds, they start talking to them from our side of the door about church doctrine. We, blah, 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 we do this, this, and this, and that, that conversation went nowhere. As opposed to, oh, that's a that's a cute little dog, or oh man, how long have you lived here? Like conversation starting can get you somewhere else. Yeah, it was it was a different term, mm-hmm. but uh, when I was growing up and and becoming more aware of it, at first it, we called it friendship evangelism. Sure. Sure. And it was, you know, the idea that you made friends with them first as a site, you know, and then you, you know, once you got that relationship established, then you started talking to them about, you know, the religious things. Not that you, uh, not that you uh, approved or you went out and did things with them, especially if it was somebody that was really needing to change a lot of stuff. But at the same time, you also went. You know, you might go uh, on a, you know, talk to them a little bit, invite them to a camp out, invite them to a picnic, and they may bring the beer and, sure. and stuff, and you bring the soft drinks. Sure. And, and okay, you know, and they offer, you know, no, I'm not, I, I don't, sure. I don't do that. But again, you, you, you establish the friendship, and then they're more, a lot more likely to listen to you. That was kind of the, the concept. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pros and cons to it, sure. you know, uh, but you know it, that was the similar. It was a similar yeah. idea, uh, and uh, not to push too quickly, uh, but at the same time, you know, there is a purpose to what you're doing. Right. There's a method to what you're trying to. And they they here. used to mess when I was back in full time ministry. They would mess with uh, some of the kids that would. There was a girl. She would always bring a different boy to church. And she would date them and try to get them to come to know Jesus. And then she, the joke was she would break up with them and go to the next one. And one of the guys goes, hey, we all can't flirt to convert. And that, that's what he said. And I said, well, that could be a whole ministry name. What we're going to do, we're going to go into break here. And as we come back, I want you to think not just about church, not just about religion, but about conversations that you need to start. Especially, I like to spend some time today talking about your workplace. Conversations that you need to have in a healthy way 
that will move the needle. Think about those as we go to break, and we'll be right back on Circle Unbroken. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Celebrate love with Tillis Jewelry's exclusive Valentine's Day Pink Box Special. Surprise your special someone with an exquisite piece from our collection, elegantly presented in a charming pink box. Each box comes with delectable chocolates and is adorned with a beautiful white bow. My name is Jenna, and this Valentine's Day, let's make it unforgettable. Because when you choose Tillis, you're not just giving a gift, you're creating a moment that will be cherished forever. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. This is Debbie Matthews with the Nashville Realty Group, and if you've been paying attention, you know the housing market has been tough, but rates are beginning to thaw. So if you're thinking about selling, the time to jump in is getting better every day. But if you're thinking about buying and those interest rates are still a little bit too high, a good agent knows how to negotiate interest rate buy-downs, and I'm a good agent. So call me, Debbie Matthews with Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224. 
This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back. This is session two of today's episode where we are talking about the spark that gets the fire going. For me, that was a church song I knew a long time ago, which is rooted in a biblical principle, but it's something that makes sense in any area of your life if you want to set something ablaze. If you And I don't mean burn this building down, but I mean if you want to get something going, it starts with that spark that can get a conversation uh, going burning, and then all of a sudden you can lead yourself into something that looks like change uh, in, in impacting culture, stuff like that. So we're going to talk about that a little day. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, joined back in by my man, Hot Mike. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. Uh, you reminded me of a, of a procedural joke. As a teacher, I used to teach my kids, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd ask them extra credit joke, and I see you know, a person's walking in the woods. You know, he, a sudden snowstorm hits him. He's got to survive somehow. And he sees a cabin. He's got a cabin with a, a wood-burning fireplace, a stove, and a lantern. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to get these all three things going at, at some time to survive this night and stuff. So, you know, which one's going to be more important? And the only problem is you got one match. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to light first? And they'll, you know, I let him get into this. Oh, you got to burn, you know, get the stove going because then you can light the fire from everything else and this and that. Oh, now you you got to get food first, and the, and then you can use the stove to light the the, the fireplace. And and so no, you got to have light. You know, if you if you don't lose light, and you got all this argument. And I said, guys, all of you are wrong. And they said, well, well you know, I said, you got to light the match first. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's what you got to do, man. You're like, ah, coach. (laughs) But, you know, that kind of back to what you're talking about. There's got to be a start. It does. And I remember funny jokes growing up. I remember we had a camp counselor that was lighting something one time, and it was probably dangerous. But he said, (laughs) you boys, you you heard this before, coach. You ever seen a match burn twice? Have you ever heard that? He would would tell us, a match can burn twice. And we're like, it cannot. It cannot. He goes, no, watch this. Watch this. And he lit it, and he goes, once? And then he put it out. When he put it out, he hit a boy's arm and goes, twice. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's kind of mean, dude. But he left his mark on that child forever. Of course. So, so as we talk, but yeah, two people be canceled so fast. Yeah, really. Um, especially with cell phones and all that. So today, as we talk about the power of a match, that's what we want to talk about. And one of my kids, if, if you've listened to this at all, I always talk about my kid who's kind of mechanically minded. Um, he's always the one who's able to help me fix things in, in our birth order. Uh, of our children. He's my third one. Uh, his, his name is Coleman. He's a trip. Uh, he's always taught me different things. I could actually have him on the show one day. <clears throat> we had Jax on recently, and, and Jax was the kind of guy that would just look at you for radio and just smile and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Cole would be the one that would talk to you about how to work an owner's manual, all these things. And, and re- right now, he's in the he just left the first grade. But recently, over the holiday, he helped me fix a mower. Uh, he helped me fix a mower, blew my mind uh, that he knew more about it than me. And so we were grilling when his mom and sister were out of town just a couple of days ago. And anytime he sees me start the grill, it's, it's pun intended, it's moth to a flame. 
Like he yeah. wants to, <laughs> he wants to come out as quickly as he can and say, "What can I do?" Just because it's it's something that has to get started and ready to go. And so storm was coming in, but I was like, "We have these steaks. I've been marinating for a day." And anybody who messes with meat, if you've had it in there over 24 hours, you just get excited, like that it's actually going to be placed on a grill soon. And so I was, I was so excited about it. The storm was coming, and I was thinking, we're going we're gonna to beat the storm. We're going to do it. And there, so there was a lot going on as we went to light the charcoal. And I, I slowed down a little bit when he comes to help me because if I fly through it and tell him this is how it's done, it's, it's not going to be as much right. learning. Well, it's funny who the student and the teacher is. <laughs> Because I'm slowing down a little bit to light it, and it's it's just not taken. It's not lighting how we want it to. And he says to me, "There's too much going on. There, there's too much going on. You've got you got to cover it here." He starts to like use his. It was funny to watch him kind of use his arms to protect it so that we could actually get it, get it lit. And it's just funny the life lessons in that. Sometimes there's too much going on. Sometimes there's too much going on, and what he was talking about was the elements. Yeah. Right? But sometimes there's so much going on that. You're not able to like the flame. You're not able to do. You're not able to, for our purposes today, to have the conversation. And so I want to shift into business today, talking about the purpose of a match and equating that to a conversation. There are certain matches that you need to strike, that you need to light at your place of work where you have a team and there's a conversation that needs to be had. Because what you want is change. You want some needle to be moved. You want impact to be made. But you haven't had the right conversation. You haven't had the right talk. And and Coach and I, we've talked about this on the mic and off the mic before, about healthy conversations versus versus Mm -hmm. others. We all know that if you take a match and you light it, all of a sudden if you do it properly and right, you can get to a great fire. You can also pour gasoline on something, throw anything in there that looks like it's flammable, and then boom, it's not what you wanted, right? Maybe you had impact or maybe you had change, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the healthy Right. And so in order to do this procedurally, I want to talk about it at the workplace, how to have the healthy conversations, how to realize that they have impact, how to realize that they have value. Going to somebody and saying, hey, I'm not trying to have death by 100 conversations. I'm not trying to have a meeting on a meeting on a meeting on a meeting. But I do think we should talk. I do think we should have a conversation. I want to be somebody that brings input. And hopefully if I'm somebody that's in a leadership role, I want to be somebody that is receptive to what it is that you're going to say. And I think sometimes what we've got to think about is this. You have got to take care. This is going to sound funny. you got to take care of your matches. You've got to really look at the value that each match holds. You've got to look at that and say, okay, maybe I'm down to my last match. If you're down to your last match and you're trying to start a fire, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be really careful and methodical with how you use it. You don't want to break it. You don't want to strike it too soon. You don't want to do it and not think about everything, as my son said, that's going on. You're also going to make sure that whatever you're lighting is going to receive that flame a lot better because you know you've only got one more shot. Yes. Are Are you doing it the right way? Are you going to the right source here to make sure that it will receive, that it will start. And so we've got a real working illustration here. If you're driving or you're listening on a podcast, you're hearing this and thinking, okay, this makes some sense. Now, how do we do it? And that's what we want to jump into. How do you start having the right conversations at your place of work, on your team, 
that you think can impact change. Before we talk about the healthy ways, I want to talk about some ways that don't work. Some things that you have done before where you tried to talk to somebody. And one of those things is timing. Sometimes you approach somebody, you talk to somebody, and you haven't read the room. You, you haven't looked at what all's going on. And so you say, well, I talked to him one time and it just didn't work. I've talked to him before or her before and, and I did it and <clears throat> they're just not receptive. Well, maybe you didn't stop and think about all the different things that were going on with that person. The perfect sitcom is made this way. When we watch a TV show and somebody tries to have a conversation and they can't get over a hurdle, and it's usually because you've got character A and character B. And we know it because we get to see it, you know, from the TV side. But what's really happening in their, in their real lives there is so-and-so is struggling with this and doesn't have time to hear it right now. The other person's approach might be weak. And they look like they're at an impasse. And so it's a pain point, and then you go to commercial. And then if you stick with the show, you come back, and usually there's going to be a resolution at the end of it. I joke about the way I grew up. It usually comes with a keyboard and some music behind their dialogue. <laughs> but well, what happens is uh, later on, somebody's more receptive or somebody's more aware to what it is they need to talk about. Well, I'm doing this as a joke, talking about a 30-minute sitcom. But sitcoms are reflections of our real life. And coach, you and I have both been in situations where somebody didn't just read the room. They came and they spoke and they came and they attempted to talk with that match, but they didn't look at if something was ready to be ignited. They didn't look at how they did it. If I just walk by a place and take a match and just throw it and it hasn't been struck, well, that's not going to light. If I go and I take a match and I light it and throw it into something that's wet, guess what? That's not going to light. And so you've got to look and you've got to see what it is you're doing. And for lack of better terms, you've got to look at how you're shooting your shot as far as the conversation goes. Anything come to mind for you, Coach, as we talk about that? Oh, man, all, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, the reason I did that, folks, in Radio Land is it's kind of like when you're preaching or teaching to a big group. You always find that one person like, oh, man, they're moving right now. Well, as I was saying this, I looked at Coach's face. I'm like, dude, he is thinking. Yeah. And so I, I didn't, I didn't want to miss that for you, you know? Yeah, it, you're, you're right. It, you know, timing is, is everything. Um, you know, as, as a teacher, a lot of times I had to pick and choose what I call pick and choose my battles. I bet. And, you know, you, you see a kid who, um, you know, he walks in to the class that day and brows furrowed, you know, he's, he's got a frown on his face and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you can tell something's, something's happened either in a hallway, something at home something like that. He's, you know, he's more focused on that right now than he is on, on right. your class. And sure enough, you get into class and he turns around and does something he's not supposed to do. Chat to the neighbor, gets up, go sharpen a pencil when I'm up there teaching, you know, something he's not supposed to do. Right. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you can aggressively approach that and sure enough, you're going to have a battle on your hands. Right. You know, right. he's, you know, he's already in a bad mood, this and that. Um, you know, where you could also say, you know, you, you address the issue, Hey, turn around or Hey, just have a seat. I'll, I'll let you sharpen your pencil in a little bit. You know, you acknowledge what he's trying to do or whatever, but you know, let me, let me finish this and then I'll let you do that and don't create, you know, and then there's times when, you know, yeah, you, you gotta stop. 
now. Right. And I'm not talking, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tolerate that. That's not going to happen. And you, you've got to learn when to do that as a sure. teacher, you, as, as a parent, you know, you got to do the same thing, you know, you, read your kids, read your, read your, as a manager, it's a, it's the same thing. You know, that employee may be, just come back, you know, uh, there, there's been a couple of situations where, you know, I'd walk into school, I'd just been, you know, dealing with something with mom or something, you know, and, you know, the last thing I need is a principal coming in on me and, hey, Mr. Law, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, and I'm kind of like, I really don't care right now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Not that I don't care about my job, but th- that's not the highest priority in my right. my in my right. life right now. Yeah, and yeah, uh, the timing, you know, timing is everything on that, and, and and being able to know that and see that is there's an art, but there's also a science to it. Sure, uh, and I, I think that's kind of where you're headed with how do you read that room? How do you figure out when's the right time? That and I think it's important. I think it's important to at least try, because if you know that something didn't work, then you can think, okay, how was my approach? There's something to study. If you at least make some sort of evaluation, if I just go blind, a lot of times there's not. Okay, well, I thought it was going to do this. I thought it was going to do that. And so I think sometimes it's very important to say, how did you think this was going to go? How did you think the conversation was going to go? What was the end game? of your conversation and what type of planning and procedures did you go through before you had the conversation? Now, don't hear me wrong, folks. You can spend way too much time planning. You can spend way too much time thinking about the conversation you're going to have at work. And it reminds me of, we have every kid that I have ever known come over to our house to swim. I mean, that's just my, my wife's thing is anybody that wants to come swim can swim at our house. You know, as long as we're there, you can do it. And so I've seen all different types of kids on our diving board. And I've seen the kid that just, he wouldn't even know if there wasn't water in the pool. I mean, he's just running and jumping. Then I have the other kids where maybe she gets up on the diving board and she gets to the edge. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. And then she won't do it. She'll, she'll look around and she'll look around to make sure there's an adult close by. What's my closest ladder? And it spends a lot of time thinking mm-hmm. about jumping. Well, while I'm not going to chastise that person, I'm going to think, okay, hey, you've seen the other kids jump. You've assessed. You've evaluated. Hey, maybe it's time to get off the board. Like It's time to jump. And so you can spend your time thinking, thinking, thinking too much before you start a conversation, before you do anything. And so this is my big thought. When we look at conversations that need to be had, you need to evaluate what it's like with the approach You need to think about what it's like when you say, hey, we want to make sure that we can be involved in moving the needle in a healthy way. But then also, there's another thing. If you are fixing to have a conversation with somebody about impacting change, you need to go to a boss, a leader, a manager, et cetera, et cetera. This is my question. Think about how it is that you would want to be approached. Hey, if I want to move it, if I want to go, because it's easy for us sometimes to think, here's how I would coach the team if I had the reins. Here's how I would rule the city if I were to be elected. Kids do this all the time. Here's how I would parent if I could be the parent. Sometimes you want to say, be careful what you wish for. But you need to think about it. Hey, If I want to approach my boss, my leader, my up report, and I want to go and talk to them, 
This is the question. How would you want to be approached? So think about that sometime when it comes to using your match in a valuable way to use that as a conversation that leads to ignition later on. When we come back, we're going to drill down a little bit more on this topic. We're glad that you're with us today on Circle Unbroken. You mean a lot to us, and we'll see you on the return. Listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. We have advertised with WKRM and WKOM for the past several years and found it to be very successful. I highly recommend advertising with them if you have a local business like ours. We're located at 1608 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. We're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturdays from 8 to 2. Stop by Holland's for all your prescription needs where we have fast, friendly, courteous service. We custom fit support hosts for you also. Thanks for supporting Holland's and WKRM and WKOM. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. 
We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Perchowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Dares, joined in by my man, Coach Mike. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad that we are on the hot mic. Glad that we can be an open mic uh, to talk about things that matter. And if you're just now joining us, the quick recap is today we have been running through the idea of you've got to start a fire by using a match or some type of lighting device and that you really need to look at how important that device is, how important that match is, because it can lead to bigger and greater things. The Bible talks about the power of the tongue and how the tongue uh, can light a whole forest on fire with, with just a little spark. And so we've been really spending some time today talking about, especially in our last section, about how that works in business, how maybe on your team there's a conversation that needs to be had and you need to think about the importance, the value, how potent that match is, what, what it can do. And then sometimes if you get down to your last one, You need to think, okay, this is a conversation I'm going to have at the right time. And we left off by saying two things. Don't be trepidatious. Don't think, I've planned and planned and planned, and maybe I need to plan and plan some more to have this conversation. There comes a point when you need to launch. You need to jump in and have it. Just make sure you've prayed about it, thought about it, so that you can talk about it. So there's that point. And then we said, think about if you're going to start a conversation with somebody else on your team, Think about in your approach to them how it is if you were the leader, if you were the coach, 
if you ran the whole org, think about how you would like to be approached. Now, I want to flip that over. I want to flip that over for the people that are sitting in a seat right now. You are sitting in a seat. I know for a fact some of the guys that text me about this show are guys that run teams. They run organizations. And sometimes they say, Taft, I like your approach. I like it because you're giving us business. You're giving us church. We don't know which one we're going to get when we listen, but there's an approach here. And so if you're one of my guys or girls who listens to the show from a leadership position, I want you to make an evaluation. How approachable are you? Are you somebody that says, I've got an open door, but you're never in the room? Have you had somebody (laughs) that says, you can say anything to me, but there's no promise that you're going to listen? Like I think sometimes as leaders, we use the right phrases. You can come to me with anything, which really could mean, but I ain't going to do jack about it. Sometimes we use our words that way. Uh, Years ago, there were people that would always bring us food from the church. And I'm just going to go ahead and bank on the fact that they're not listening to this one today. If they are, I'll apologize and repent. But some of the people would bring us food to our house. And they would bring us food to our house. When we were in ministry, that happened a lot. And they would bring that to us, and they'd bring it in. And when they would do it, my wife, we'd have to come up with, with a phrase because some of the food was bad. And we knew we were going to see the people again. And so one of the things I would always say to people is, that food you brought the other day, and their eyes would get real big, and I would say, it didn't last long in my house. (laughs) The reality of it was it It didn't last long. (laughs) It found file 13, right? But the reality is sometimes we, well, I was saying that to be silly, but to also say that we can use our words, but sometimes we don't back them up. People can say, I'm approachable. Well, there's... You know, you you had to come up with a way to uh, some people call it cushion the blow sure. or something like sure. that, that, that uh, you knew the heart was in the right spot. You knew they were trying to do something. So you didn't want to squelch that. Right. But at the at the same time, you didn't want to lie to them. Correct. And Correct. so, you know, you, you find ways uh, and stuff as a you know, I'm, I'm an assistant coach now. I've been a head coach. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, had assistant. I had good assistants and I had bad assistants. And, and I remembered, you know, the the ones that were good. You know, okay, what did they do? How did they do it? Stuff like that. And now, as the assistant coach, that knows what that head coach wants mm. in a sense. I, you know, I know there's timing when I need to bring up my ideas. I know one of the things I used to tell my assistants. You know, I don't need you to agree with me all the time. In fact, if you agree with me all the time, one of us isn't necessary. Sure. I need other ideas. I need, you know, that's why you're here is to help me do things. And sometimes you got to oppose me to let me see the other side. Now, when we walk out of the coach's office, we're unified. We're all together in front of the kids and all that stuff. Uh, But I knew that, you know, and, and now that I'm the assistant again, right. You know, I know, you know, there's a time now there's a time to approach the coach with something that's you know, up, uh, opposite of what he's wanting to do or different than what he's wanting to do at the time. Or maybe it's not what he's wanting to do, but the way he wants to do it. Right. You know, that, right. That's, that's the other thing. You said, keep in mind, if you're that person approaching that leader, one of the best things you can do is keep in mind what's, the, what's your boss's ultimate goal and approach it with the idea, I'm helping you reach this goal. I want to reach this goal as well. Right. And, you know, if we both reach the goal, then both of us benefit. 
but I may see a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and that may be the way to, to approach that situation. Uh, now, if he's just in, you know, just had a, uh, you know, his supervisor just chewed on him about some stuff, or he's just had to deal with another subordinate who was not as a cooperative or something like that may not be the time to come up sure. and say, Hey, I, I think I got a better way. <laughs> right. Well, and, and look at it, look at it from that. If you're in that position, not just always seeing it as somebody coming to you and saying, Hey, I'm going to undercut you. Hey, I'm going to do this because mm-hmm. the conversation means that they don't want to do that. I've always told people when you're being approached in leadership, it can be nerve wracking. The, the timing can be off. They maybe didn't evaluate it like we told them to do earlier in this episode. But when they're talking, it means they care. They mm-hmm. may not know how to, you know, put that in the right form, or it may come off the wrong way. But I always tell people to beware when people stop talking, because what will happen is they're just leaving. They're they're yeah. out, right? So when people are talking, it means that they care enough to say something. This goes for church leadership. This goes for business leadership. This goes for community leaders. You know, when people are talking to you. Hey, can I get a meeting? Hey, could could I get your ear for a second? Sure, you've got to be a steward and a keeper of your time. So leaders, I'm not saying not to do that. However, the things that you can learn, the things that you can hear from this, because to use our fire illustration, let's say that the whole business is keeping the fire going. The whole business is keeping the fire going, and you have somebody over here who's saying, I've got a match. You've got somebody over here that's saying, I would like to contribute. And maybe they're saying this, here's a way that we could start something to strengthen this fire or to get this fire going. Or I've got another piece of wood. Correct. To, to, lay on top <laughs> to add of to it. this. And maybe that person is coming to you saying, I've got the match. I've got the wood. I've got this contribution. I'm not just going to throw it on there. I want to talk to you about it. But maybe they're, in the back of their minds, maybe the person on your team is saying this, hey, I don't want the fire to go out either. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we look at it and we say, what's your motive? But you've got to think, if somebody's talking to me about the team and our, and our athletic performance, if somebody's talking to me about our academic department and how we need to be stronger, if somebody's talking to me about work and the, and the team and the push that we need to make, what they're saying is this means more to me than a paycheck. What they're saying, this means more to me than my grade. What they're saying is, this means more to me athletically than just my personal statistics. What they're saying here is, we woke up today as a part of this team, and until a decision is made for me to quit the team or you to cut me from the team, I'm still here. And if I'm still here, I want to contribute because I believe that we shouldn't waste a day. And so I want to really, really, really drive this home for the leaders. When you are leading your org, when you are leading your company, how approachable are you? And maybe it's time for the leaders to think about times in their lives that they had to approach. Because sometimes when you're the leader, you're just getting approach, 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 approach. Like everybody needs something from you. Congratulations. That's called being the top dog. Like everybody mm-hmm. needs something for you. And so you feel pulled, 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 pulled by all these things. And maybe it's time for those of us that are in that leadership seat to think back about the times that we had to approach. 
that we had to talk to people? And, and what were some of those ways that people received you? Were there people that received you in a healthy manner and you thought, you know what, they're just a maker of men? I mean, that's just somebody that really said, you know, I'm glad you came mm-hmm. to me with this. Think about the times that you had a great idea and you took it to somebody. There's a conversation you wanted to start with somebody. There's a match that you wanted to light and they just did this. I mean, they just put it out real quick. And they did that. And think about how there's times, some of you are wired this way. There's times when you would quote that Toby Keith song right now. How do you like me now? Like, 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 look at me now. And maybe that drives you and that fuels you. But if you want to be a better leader than they ever were, think about the times that they would not receive your approach and how you said to yourself, one day I'll do it different. Coach, it affects my parenting. Oh, it yeah. affects my parenting now because I'm, I'm in the throes of it. Mm-hmm. And I spent many a days in my room, in my neighborhood saying, one day when I'm a parent, I'm gonna. And there's a lot of stuff like that that I can laugh at now. And be like, yeah, yeah, you didn't know anything. But there's another side that says this. Hey, you said into the universe, you said out loud, maybe even prayed to God, but you said, I'll do X, Y, or Z different. And maybe you're not. And maybe there's certain things that you've learned and you shouldn't, but maybe there's other covenants or verbal contracts you made where you said, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z one day when I'm a parent. And it hits me sometimes, dude, you said you weren't going to be that way. You said that you were going to be open. You said that you were going to be that parent that they could talk to you about anything. Hey, newsflash, sucker, this is anything. How are you handling it? And so I think that's important for people in these roles to think, how approachable am I? Yeah. Yeah. you know, is, and that's one of the things I love about the sports yeah. is that it's a microcosm of life. And one of the things that uh, I had to learn to realize as an assistant, and then I had to turn around and use it as a, as a head coach, right. was, you know, when I said something, when I did suggest something, a lot of times it didn't, didn't seem like I was being hurt. Sure. And then, you know, 15 minutes down the line or the next day at practice or something like that, all of a sudden my idea is being used. And, you know, sometimes the head coach took credit for it. And sometimes he gave me credit for yeah. it. You know, it didn't matter, you know, but at least I, you know, it dawned on me, Hey, I'm, I am being heard even though he didn't acknowledge mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. at the time. So I kept pumping, I kept pumping and, you know, and, and no something. Well, then when I became the head coach, I kind of said, okay, I remember when the coach actually used my idea, but didn't give me any. Yes. But then I also told the head coach, you know, told, I said, especially in high pressure situations or in game situations, I'm not always going to acknowledge uh, that I heard you, but I'm hearing you. Yes. Yes. You know, and I will come back around to it or I will use it. I'm just, you know, and, but I told my assistant at that point, keep pumping me, keep pumping me, yes. you know, because that's what I had to learn how to do was keep pumping with with information. And if you question or if you have a question about why, how I'm using it or why I didn't use your idea after the game or after practice when we have a chance to talk about it, I'll explain it to you. Sure. But what I wanted was the feedback. I wanted that. I wanted that information. Well, now as the assistant coach, I know, okay, he doesn't always have that time um, to to acknowledge me 
but he is hearing me. Yes, yes. And and so, uh, but if you can, as the leadership, if you could acknowledge, get that back to your subordinates and say, hey, I'm hearing you, even though I don't acknowledge you right off. Finally today, if you've heard this and you'd like to go further, we would love for you to reach out to us at Front Porch Radio. My name is Taft Ayers, and I'm the Director of Business Relations here. We will come and talk to your school, to your team, to your group about this because we believe in people being approachable and people realizing that you can get something great going by lighting that spark that is a healthy conversation. Have a good day, and we'll catch you later.